SAFM. Good day to you, Mzanzi, and welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala, Hazel Makuzeni, and Kim Thurtell produce and drive the show. Our studio number is 0892102010. Email otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at otherwise SAFM or at Shadow Twala. Now, the media and public attention is once again focused on the Marikana massacre and the various events taking place around the country. One event happened last Tuesday, hosted by the Women of Marikana, organized as Sikala Sonke. They invited the media and various dignitaries to a site inspection. So today we speak to Tumega Magwangana, Chairperson of Sikala Sonke. We also speak to Preg's Governor, Deputy Chairperson of the South African Human Rights Commission, on her findings because she attended the site inspection. Then on Women's Day, there was an interfaith leaders' peace in Daba with a peace treaty signed amongst religious groups. We talked to co-president of the Global Alliance for Ministries and Infrastructures for Peace, Karen Barinshire. But before that, our lunch bite for today is a very short quote. For what is done or learned by one class of women becomes, by virtue of their common womanhood, the property of all women, as written by Elizabeth Blackwell. Otherwise, on SAFM. Sikala Sonke, we cry together, the women of Marikana. Chairperson is Tumega Magwangana. Did I say that correctly, Tumega? Hello, welcome to Otherwise. Hey, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you strike a woman, you strike a rock. And you women were responding to the massacre at uh, Marikana. Tell me how Sikala Sonke came together. Recently, after the massacre, mm-hmm. and then we, we gathered together and formed the, 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 this organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were when we formed it, we formed it out of nowhere. We had nothing, but with the help of the other organizations which are based in Joburg, we were able to to form it. Okay, what other organizations? Like. Um, like a Marikana support campaign, mm-hmm. a benchmark foundation, OKM, Wamua, Makua, Women, Iandra, mm-hmm. and Lamusa. Okay, so what 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 were the objectives of the Kalasonke? What are your intentions? What do you hope to do? Uh, the women of Kalasonke. First of all, we, 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 we started by helping the, 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 the miners while they were on, the, on, on top of the mountain mm-hmm. of Gobi when mm-hmm. they, were, they were killed by the police. Mm-hmm. We helped them by donating food, gathering food from other shops. And then and after, after, after the massacre, we then said we are not going to, to, to just say we will do some things so that the women can can be able to help themselves when their men are on strike. Mm-hmm. Like we have a project in 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 Ghanaian, but it has not yet started because we still need education and some workshops so that we can start the project. How many women are we talking about here, Tomega? Uh, first of all, we were fifty, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, 
due to the lack of funds and the other women went to seek for 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 jobs then we we are now 36 36 yes and how do you sustain yourselves are you working uh, the 36 people working, um, I, I want to believe that you also have children that need to go to school. So I wonder uh, what sort of help you you require and what your your issues are because I'm thinking that, I, and we'll talk about the site inspection because that's really why you invited people to come in and, and view your living conditions, etc. But w- w- what, are, what is the situation now and what what way f- you know what? What? What have you charted as a way forward? Yeah, the, the 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 situation is very bad at the moment, but we 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 we, we still have a hope that something will some things will change. We are not working. We are the women that are just uh, just want to 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 build a project. Mm-hmm. We have a structure in our own site. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the structure is not enough because it is built on zinc flats. Then the, the lawn men have promised to build us a brick, a, a, a brick, a, a, a brick, yeah, a, a brick structure, mm-hmm. so that uh, we can make our um, our daycare center. And we have also a, a, a garden, a food garden, but we have not yet started due to lack of funds. And uh, and with that also we have a, a promise from the lawn mm. and with the creeps, the women uh, lawn men has promised to take a four of some other women to go to 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 school to get uh, education mm-hmm. and uh, we we still wait for the assessment before we can go to 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 to. to to, to those goals. Okay, so you have the land and you've got the space where all of these projects can take place. You've got yes. you've got space for your garden and you've got space for the daycare center. Uh, what other projects, though, do you think will be able to sustain the families uh, of of you, thirty six women? Okay, uh, the the other project we want to 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 make is the sewing project mm-hmm. and the bead working project project. Mm-hmm. Now I, we, we are just still want to have a meeting next week so that we can start that. Uh, but we need some funds. We have nothing at the moment. We have no machines. We have no haberdashery, no material. We, we, we need some funds. I, I like I like your haberdashery work. You, the the word you're using, um, you know. I'm I'm thinking while we wait for Lonmin and wait for everybody else to do something when I when I to make a, I'm thinking that maybe we you know somebody who who is listening may may be able to organize you at you know into a sustainable kind of group so that you are able to help yourselves eventually and I heard you say that many times that you want to help yourselves so yes. if if, yes. if people are listening and and want to support your projects or help you because you yes. say you, you you're waiting for finances but when you do get that money do you know where to go and what to do first in order to complete the projects no we, we don't know mm. we need a help mm. Mm. Anyway, no, anyone who can say to us, okay, start with this, do this, go to that, uh, uh, go to that uh, door, you will get this help. Mm-hmm. Go to that other door, you will get some of the help. 
we, we, we're still waiting for the people like that. So the site visit that you invited dignitaries to on, on Tuesday last week, uh, how did it go? You know, it went well because uh, I, was, uh, I, I, I was very excited when uh, I, I got a call from Madibane and promised me that they are coming. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that we were waiting for because we never saw the people from Madibane in this place and they are our own municipality mm-hmm. they came the the mec uh, uh, of social development mm-hmm. uh, and then the mayor of the of the of the madibing was also came mm-hmm. the mec was here to, to to stand for 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 the premier the premier which is a uh, supra maupani mm-hmm. Supra did not come. We wanted him to come and 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 and, and inspect with us in, and do the uh, the site inspection with us in Vondarkop, but he he failed to come. But at least we've got the two that came, and they have seen all our 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 our, our, our things that we showed them, mm-hmm. like toilets, no roads. No houses. We are living in sex as if we are not near, near by the mines, and we are very poor, 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 very poor from the scratch. Uh, I, I don't know what can I say because other people, when it is raining, they can stand on on top of their beds for the water get inside or of the shacks and go and go out to the other side, of which is is not. Uh, it's not healthy because after that the children are sick and the parents also get sick and not going to work in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, so are they, they they're going to respond and, and help your lives improve and, and put some infrastructure in place? Is that what they I'm they hearing? Pro- yes, they promised everything. They said we must make the cooperatives, then they will come. Uh, they will come back to us. You know what I did? I did a, a big mistake. I didn't take their numbers because I was very busy at that moment. Mm-hmm. I need to get their numbers so that I can provoke them each and every day to 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 draw them to our uh, attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm hoping that you know you you sent media inquiries. You you sent the media statement to everybody. And I'm, I'm sure that media statement you can send again to, to, you know, to alert them that you're still waiting. They gave you a few months, maybe, to organize yourself. How, how long did they give you? They, no, they did not uh, talk about how long. They just said we must do things. We, I mean, we must do these these cooperatives will come back to find to fund your 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 project. Mm. So you, you best organize yourselves then as quickly as possible before it's too late and go back to them uh, to yes. present your co-ops. But we wish you all the best. Now, I need to know how people um, can respond to your requests. How do yes. people find you, Tomega? Uh, you, you can, they can find us in this uh, phone, 084, mm-hmm. in my, my phone. Then I will organize them to, to, to our site where we are having we want to start this project okay and does your email is your email good enough to give out to people uh this is kalasong is just this mm-hmm. a, a 
I think because I have not yet uh, used it, but I think uh, Samantha Hagri will help us with the with the with the email. I, I will just phone her. And okay, but I'll give your cell phone number then, if that's okay with you. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll check in on you, Tomega, but we wish you all the best for now. huh? Thank you. Thank you, Thank you my dear. You take care. Um, bye-bye. Uh, Sikala Sonke is the women's organization uh, at Marikana, the women of Marikana. And Tomega's number is 084-714-0111 if you are able to assist in setting up those gardens and uh, help them with the daycare center while they wait for Lonmin to give them money. I think uh, if you have it in you, if you can give your services uh, to assist, then it will be appreciated. So 084-714-0111. Now, Preg's governor, who's the deputy chairperson of the South African Human Rights Commission, is one of the people that went on the site visit, and she joins me now on the line. Preg's, hello and welcome. Oh, hello, and thank you very much for having me on, Shadow. I haven't seen you or spoken to you forever. You're good. <laughs> That's true. Been... I'm now based in Johannesburg. Well, no, no, are you? The small wonder then. But, Pregs, seriously, you went on this side visit that the Marikana yeah. women organized. What were your findings? Well, I think before I, I, I speak about the findings, I just wanted to, I was listening to Tameka just now, mm-hmm. and I wanted to say thank you very much to her and to Sikala Sonke for arranging this, because I think what it did was uh, it brought attention to the living conditions, not just of the 36 women mm-hmm. who form part of Sikala Sonke, but of the entire community. Mm-hmm. And that's a very powerful action that they have undertaken. Um, I think that because they did that, what we had was that you had the MEC and the mayor, the MEC representing the premier mm-hmm. and the mayor accompanying the uh, site inspection and actually responding to what they saw. So we, what we did see, all of us, was uh, terrible living conditions. We saw that there hadn't been any change in the living conditions that had in the poverty and and terrible inequality mm. that had given rise to the to Marikana, yes. uh, to to the tragedy that had occurred, because that is th- those conditions um, are inhuman. And what we saw was that you had the mine, for example, very clearly in view of the community, mm. and you had extensive um, electricity pylons, huge ones, supplying electricity to the mines. But in the community, they said they didn't have electricity. Mm. So the, many of them said that at night, it was often pitch black. And in some of the areas, the, they got water only at night. Mm. So the water didn't flow through the taps like uh, many of our homes in middle-class suburbs where you would open a tap and you would get your water. Um, the water was limited to certain times, and not everyone has water. The water was obviously in taps that weren't in the house, in the, their home. Um, so, you know, I think that this is Women's Month, and I think Kalisonke, by actually showing us the actual conditions that make women very and, and girls very vulnerable to gender-based violence, because if you have to walk out at night to collect water, uh, or if you have to walk out at night to to go to a toilet. Mm. That's not a safe, um, that's not 
you know, ensuring your safety and security. And of course, um, bringing up children in that environment. Absolutely. I, I uh, when we got there, I needed to use the toilet, and I used one of the toilets that uh, th- that was uh, supposedly one of the better toilets. And I, I, I just thought I couldn't imagine how a child would would use that toilet, how dangerous it was for children to use those toilets, and um, you know how how dangerous it was for women's health because mm. uh, you know just in terms of. of I'm sure, regular infections through the use of those toilets. And, and uh, we also saw toilets that were, they had, they had dug uh, pits. Um, and, and so we saw conditions that, that were really um, unacceptable in terms of upholding dignity and, and human rights. And um, w- were the mines represented? The homes were, were uh, you know, these were still a... a uh, in the, these are not uh, not not uh, proper houses. Um, they, they're uh, you know they're, they're in that's an informal settlement. Um, we saw children playing in the street, little children who should have been in a crash. Um, and and uh, and the access to education in terms of schools or, or clinic healthcare, um, th- these were 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 really serious concerns. Now, Prigs, Prigs, were, were, were the mines represented at, at the site visit? Longman wasn't on the site inspection as far as I know, but I'm sure that uh, Tameka can confirm uh, confirm whether or not they were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that it's absolutely critical that uh, they are held accountable because mines, when they come into South Africa, Longman is the British company, as you know, which came into our country, and uh, then uses the land that belongs to the people of our country to excavate, to be able to, to get mineral resources that, are, uh, that, that fetch billions of rands and make uh, the owners and the shareholders of Lodman extremely wealthy people. Um, and, and yet the, and part of the, of the agreement with government is supposed to be that mines coming into the country um, are supposed to have social and labor plans mm. that are supposed to address the fact that they, the, my, these companies are highly subsidized. They get water, for example, uh, at, at a rate that is much lower per kiloliter than households pay. Mm. And they get electricity, so they're subsidized at, at, uh, for all of the things that they need, from the land to the water to electricity. And there is, um, there is, there has to be responsibility in terms of the social and labor plans. Um, and we didn't see that responsibility, you know, a long while after the massacre. Do you know, Prags, what you're de- describing as living conditions and which which now we realize is what led to the massacre in the first place because of demand of, of more money. I'm thinking that we're sitting on a time bomb because these living conditions are multiplied across the country. Absolutely, absolutely. What you see is around the country, and 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 you know what, what we uh, with the Human Rights Commission's work on water and sanitation. One of the key findings was that the apartheid spatial geography it really defines who has rights, who enjoys rights mm-hmm. to water, to sanitation, to decent human settlements, to proper education in schools, uh, to health care. Um, to, to you know all the rights in our constitution mm-hmm. and and in terms of um, and, and in terms of gender equality 
and women's rights, bodily integrity, uh, freedom from from violence, uh, to you know, to to ensure the safety and security. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are those are important rights in our constitution. And yet, what you see is that those who don't have their rights are defined by the apartheid spatial geography, so that it is people who, in the main, are in the in apartheid uh, informal settlements, homelands, townships, and in the areas where they always their labour has been exploited in the interest of profits for big companies like like Lonman. Um and and so the. You know, the, the inequality of access to resources which belong to humanity, such as water, um, you know, it, 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 there isn't proper care of that. And, you know, we know that uh, although the High Court ruling said that the polluter pays principle, we've seen at the Human Rights Commission across the country that uh, agribusiness, mining companies, tourist industries, etc., pollute the water. And don't pay to clean it up. Yeah, but, you know, I, I want to know 20 years on Pregs. Uh, we, we, we knew about the spatial geography. Is there nothing? Who, who's dropping the ball? Why have we not uh, um, integrated uh, those communities into the mainstream? Um, I think that, that responsibility rests both with government and with business. So, and, and I'll tell you exactly what, what I mean when I say in both, both parties are accountable, because you cannot, uh, as with in, in the Lonman situation in this community, you cannot have a situation where uh, you are supposed to have social and labor plans. That's part of the deal in terms of the law. And you, and it's, it's part of, and, and it's, it's an important thing in terms of protecting human rights in our constitution. Mm-hmm. So if you agree to that with government before you come to get your license, before you're actually as part of getting your license, as part of being able to mine and, and do considerable damage to the, to the land when you're actually doing that mining, um, and, and the air and the water and, you know, the, the, um, you, you also often, we found in many parts of the country, communities get displaced. Now, the, the negotiation between government and she has to be between the highest level of government and these companies. It can't be left to the local level because mm. often the local level, particularly where you have municipalities who are in poor areas, they don't have the resources or the power to negotiate. Or if they're wealthy, they are often putting the interests of those who are wealthy first before the interests of those who are poor. Mm. Pregs, so, please so stay on the line. Please hold that thought. Please hold that thought and stay on the line with us. We're just taking news headlines in, in a bit and we'll come back and chat some more to you. It is time for news headlines with Hatsila Sako. Thanks, Shadow. The presidency has confirmed that National Director of Public Prosecutions Mkholi Singh legal challenge against President Jacob Zuma has been withdrawn in the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria. The city of Cape Town has condemned the large-scale land invasion on privately owned land in Philippi East. And the chief of the army, Lieutenant General Vusmuzi Masondo, says the United Nations has to take a decision to withdraw South African troops from the DRC because of the risk of Ebola spreading there. Details at 2 o'clock. Otherwise, on SAFM. 
Craig's governor, Deputy Chairperson of the South African Human Rights Commission, went on a side visit invited by uh, uh, the women of Marikana, Sikala Sonke, and we're talking about her findings. So, 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 Craig's, what I understand you to say is the 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 actual uh, responsible or responsibility lies on the the terms of of this contract to to mine. Uh, yes, and it's. It, it, it is rest on the responsibility of cooperative governance, mm. not just in terms of local government, but provincial and national government to work together to ensure that the human rights of people who are in these communities across the country are being protected and advanced, um, and these inequalities are addressed. You can't have a you know a situation where you know in terms of the of the department's own the Water Affairs Department, for example, their own statistics, uh, and I'm talking about well, not this year's statistics, but their most recent statistics, shows that under 2% of people in living in rural areas are using rural water in rural, rural water, mm-hmm. uh, using 95% of rural water. So, you know, and that under 2% who is using 95% of rural water are mainly a white agribusiness. Now, you know, and, and those inequalities are similar in terms that they, they repeat themselves in urban areas as well. Mm. Now, uh, and, and so the tariff system, you know, if, if, and I to take water as an example, but the, the way the tariffs work is that people who are poor or middle class end up paying far more. And so government has a lot of responsibilities to actually look at the way in which uh, the tax system works. So, you know, the tax... Uh, that mining companies say has decreased considerably over from say the 1970s to to the to the current uh, to, to today, and and um, the whereas you know income tax has has about has more than doubled over the last few mm-hmm. decades. Mm-hmm. So so the you know where is the burden being placed and why is it that there's such huge subsidisation of companies which actually uh, you know earn billions of rands. And, and how is it that uh, even where there are policies in place like, you know, the need to actually have clear social and labor plans, we see there's no impact of that in, in the community uh, in, in Marikana. So we've learned these lessons. You've, you've gone to the site visit. Um, how do we move forward, especially to intervene in other areas around the country which are experiencing the same uh, plight and living conditions of poverty on the rise and, and all of those kinds of things? Um, what we have to have, I think, is, is accountability from, like, if we had to take yes, uh, uh, this week's uh, site inspection, you had the MEC representing the Premier and you had the Mayor. And they made significant uh, commitments in that meeting. Those commitments have to be uh, have to they, they have to actually give effect to those commitments, and we have to have government at a national level saying to us how how are they going to ensure that the social and labour plans are given effect to, and if there are problems with the social and labour plans, what are those problems? Because you've got a situation where this is supposed to be a cross industry, and yet there seem to be systemic problems across the entire country, mm. and so. One of the things that the Commission plans to do in terms of the Fallen Commission is to present its, uh, its critique of Lonman social and labour plans, mm-hmm. but also present its critique of 
what are the problems in relation to the social and labor plans in the mining industry and how does government actually ensure that it has a constitutional duty to to have accountability not just to people who are wealthy and not just to wealthy companies but to the poorest people in this country and if we're going to be able to address gender-based violence or the rights of women in our country we have to be able to connect how poverty what are the what are those factors that increase poverty and inequality mm. because those are the factors that increase vulnerability when so I- in a misogynistic society and in a misogynistic world uh, the you know the, the, they, they there are certain things that enable women to be able to get out of violent situations mm. violent relationships in the sense that they may be able to have access to employment and therefore be able to leave have greater financial independence to leave a violent situation but if you increase poverty and inequality you're also you, you're diminishing that ability that independence and you also you're also creating the conditions that brutalize people mm. so you know when, when children grow up in uh, homes uh, where there, there are you know, they aren't these basic human rights. Um, how, how do you actually sustain your humanity? Pregs, when are you making these presentations to the Commission? To the Farnham Commission? Yes. The, where the Commission's um, legal representative, which is CAL, um, are looking at uh, hopefully uh, getting these submissions made in the next two weeks. Okay. Because the, the Farnham Commission obviously has been looking very much at the issues of, of those uh, who are responsible for the killings mm-hmm. and, and, um, and, and, and interrogating that. And we, as the Human Rights Commission, have made submissions around that where we've brought, for example, expert witnesses like Gary White, who uh, had about 30 years of experience in policing in Northern Ireland at some of the worst points of conflict mm-hmm. who testified that uh, just even in the worst time he never once uh, authorized the use of live ammunition. Uh, so we've done that, we've done, we've made submissions as the commission um, uh, you know, we've brought testimony that uh, to the Parliament Commission on the first phase and but we do think that the second phase which really looks at those systemic structural problems mm. um uh, and that we hope that, that the Commission will actually have the time to address that and will deal with that because in, in a substantive way because it has dealt, most of the time has gone on the same um, mm. Okay. i tell you what, uh, we'll catch up with you then after those presentations and, and really find out and, and let's unpack and, and understand those social and labour conditions. And, um, and, and, and see how far we can get people to understand, uh, what they are and how we can, while the commission is dealing with it, how we can impact and, 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 and from, from, from the bottom up. Thanks very much. Uh, I think that, that the media focus and the sharing of information is critical to ensuring that women like Tomeka and Sikala Sonke, um, uh, experience the meaning of solidarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Surely. Thank you so much for your time, Pregs, and all the best. Eh? Thanks very much, Shadow, and you too. Bye-bye. You, you take care.
Matt Isbrecht's governor, deputy chairperson of South African Human Rights. We're talking peace. And a peace treaty was signed amongst religious groups uh, on Women's Day. We'll find out more about that with uh, co-president of the Global Alliance for Ministries and Infrastructures for Peace, Karen Baronshire, after this. Otherwise, on SAFM. The Interfaith Leaders Peace and Daba happened uh, on Women's Day and here to tell us more about the peace treaty that was signed is uh, co-president of the Global Alliance for Ministries and Infrastructures for Peace, Karen Barringer. Karen, hello. Hello, Shadow. Long time. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Otherwise. Thank you. Listen, um, what happened? Tell us first, the Interfaith Leaders Peace and Daba. Yes, this was actually, uh, it's an organization that I'd not heard of before that came to South Africa. It was um, started by a man in South Korea, a Christian, and he started an organization called the Heavenly Culture, World Peace and Restoration of Life. Mm-hmm. It's a very long title, but really what he's doing, and he's been around to, I think, something like 40 countries, calling on um, civil society, governments, business, everyone, saying, you know, we do have to get back to a culture of peace in our world, and we cannot do that unless we get everyone involved. And because we have um, a global society of people who follow their faiths, their various faiths, he's talking about interfaith and reaching out to the interfaith communities, not only interfaith communities, but largely, and calling everyone together to a conference, um, uh, a, a huge summit actually in Seoul in, uh, in September. So part of what going around to the countries is doing is getting us all to become aware of what um, this man is calling for. Mm-hmm. He's passionate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's 83. He looks 63. <laughs> and uh, and he's doing an extraordinary job um, of really calling us all to order and saying this, this cannot go on. Well, and that's what we all signed. We signed a pledge basically supporting that. South Africa. It couldn't have happened in a better city because the, I think, the, in fact, better country because South Africa is has the most diverse, diverse uh, religious um, groups. Absolutely, and you know that very morning we had, I think, if it's not the largest or one of the largest gatherings um, in Cape Town. You may remember that there was a gathering uh, in support of um, calling for a truce, a peace for Gaza. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something that the media didn't report enough of and which was supported by the chef uh, I facilitated a panel and Sheikh Riyad Fazar was there as, amongst others and he said we were not alone walking as Muslims. He said we had Jews and Christians and other faiths all joining us on this protest march to say you know we call for peace and I think it is that call for interfaith that it is so needed today. You're calling for peace in, in, in South Africa and, and, and the, the leadership of different faiths came in to, to attend this. But then how does it permeate, how does it spread across the world through the, the different religion, religious uh, tracks? Gosh, uh, where do I begin, Shadow? So let's just speak locally, first of all, because mm-hmm. that's on the ground and grassroots. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Cape Town Interfaith Initiative. There are other interfaith initiatives in the country. Cape Town Interfaith has been going for many years, decades. It hosted the Parliament of World Religions, and it's renowned for dealing, um, picking up on social issues, for taking them to the table. It was really big, um, you know, as an anti-apartheid organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it, you know, Interfaith came together. St. George's Cathedral is synonymous with anti-apartheid marches and protests. So that's really where it is in, in terms of Cape Town. We, we work hard to uh, listen to each other, to dialogue, to challenge, to debate um, as interfaith communities and, and take this information back to our communities as interfaith leaders. 
On a global level, there is an organization called the United Religions Initiative, and that is a grassroots organization that's got something like 600,000 people on the ground in all countries except not too much in China and in Russia. Mm. That's very scarce. They've got one or two representatives there. But across the other regions, the reach is getting deeper and deeper, and they've they deal with numerous issues related to society, but they do it through combining three or more um, in, uh, faiths, different faiths together, and that's how they uh, and that's how they then tackle issues. Whether it's HIV, whether it's access to water in Sri Lanka, whether it's indigenous uh, nations and granting them um, their support, for example, recognition of their culture, whatever it might be. What sort of conversations, I wonder, happen at these at these endabas or these gatherings? Because, um, I'm, 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 again, I want to I want to say that there are a lot of people who who go against each other. We see the current uh, Israel Palestine story, but because of religion. So when leaders are sitting and having wonderful conversations, and yet we have a war, what sort of messages should be going to the flock? you know, of, of, of people. Mm. Mm. Yes, uh, and we were asked a very hard question, or rather the panel was asked, you know, what can we do to immediately stop the carnage, um, you know, in Gaza, for example, just on that on that day? And it, and it isn't just there. You know, there are other parts. There's Iraq, there's, mm. you know, there, there, there's other parts. And so, you know, you sit there and religious leaders say, you know, we're at the table, we are dialoguing, we're doing our best. And when it gets back to the people, it's really trying to keep, people focused on on their on their faith on their beliefs around and finding common values with each other mm-hmm. rather than be focused on what our differences are we encourage through interfaith to find where is it that we can build bridges where is it that um, we can connect communities and where do we find that respect for diversity and find non-violent resolutions um, to these social political and economic situations and that's what I found that that's what happens for us at the interfaith table um, and when it comes to you know the tougher situations I think interfaith is not at the table enough and I think it's something that that's exactly what this Indaba was about it was saying you know interfaith we need to get to the table um, at the UN political parties sit together countries sit together and we're calling on the interfaith community to go and stand there and say listen you know we are the community that's being directly affected Karen, and that dialogue think- is getting stronger do you think we need more women at, the, at these tables? Oh, of course, Shadow. <laughs> because I'm, I'm looking at the names uh, of yeah. all the brother and the your brother yeah. Zeblin from House of Judah, Rastafari community. Uh, there was Dr. Matola Macheha. There was, uh, there's a group of men yes. here. And I'm thinking, where are the women? <laughs> yes, and indeed, there was actually a wonderful woman who came into the, into the show at the end, actually took Matola Macheha's place. And um, and what an incredible lady. And uh, it's on the Council of Churches. And unfortunately, because I'm sitting at a conference in Joburg, I don't have any documentation in front mm-hmm. of me. I, I don't have her name in front of me. And she was really great how she brought things to the table. But also, um, Shadow, just for example, in Palestine, there have been um, women of interfaith being brought to the table. And they're saying that they're the ones who are also pushing dialogue. And I agree with you. More women do need to come to the table. Because we end up having to clean up after the war. 
Well, I don't know that it's, you know, that's maybe our traditional role. And I'm kind of having a picture of Florence Nightingale, and, and, and that's true. And, and it's to comfort because of the trauma that's mm. there. Mm. But I also think we need to get to the table. And let's look what's happened in Ukraine today. I don't know if you saw the news this morning. No, There's a whole lot of women standing with bring our boys back. They're saying, you've taken our sons who are untrained and you've put them to war in Ukraine. And they're fighting a war that they've not even been trained to do. And they're dying. And they said, for what? And so the women are beginning to turn around and stand up more. And I think we need more of a chatter. I do agree with you. All right. Well, thank you for chatting to us and, and, and good luck with, with, with your work. But uh, keep us keep in touch with us and tell us what your work is, how your work is going uh, in facilitating peace and how that peace treaty is being adhered to from different from the various uh, religious groups. But thank you so much for your time. We'll keep you posted. Thank you so much. For and the I time, hope to Shadow. see you soon. That would be good. Thank you, Shadow. <laughs> thank you. God bless. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye bye.